Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. God was good to us in 2018. I tell you, the first time I watched that, man, that brought back some memories. I'm thinking, man, we have really been on a journey from the announcement of, of this church to our first meetup. I mean, y'all were at the first meetup. See a few of those hands, and, you know, we were at the ping pong place, and then we started doing, we had an ice cream meetup, and then we, we did a, a picnic outside where I was assaulted by a drone. Um, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, then we had our first growth track, and finally we got to 9, 9, 18, and ever since then, God's been doing some great things. And our time together, and I believe that we haven't seen anything yet. I believe next year is going to be just the greatest year that so many of us have experienced, and I think that's true for this church as well, that it's going to be phenomenal. And one of the things we gave you when you came in is actually just a short calendar uh, of just letting you know a little bit about where we're going in 2019. This is really actually more just a, a primer, it's not a full calendar for the year, but we wanted to let you know what's coming in the first quarter of the year, first half of the year. And, of course, we're going to start the year off in prayer because we believe that you got to pray first if you want to have God do great things in your life and through you. And so we're starting with 21 days of prayer on January 6th. So that's just next week. And we're going to do it mostly online. But we want to let you know that that's coming up. We want you to fully participate in that because we believe every success is a prayer success first. That's going to help you to really give birth to what you want God to do this year in you, through you, and, of course, in our church family. And then we're finally going to launch our small groups at the end of January. You know, we really want people to find freedom. And the best way to find freedom is through relationships. And small groups are where we can establish those relationships. I've shared with you multiple times that we really want to be a relational church. We don't want you just to come and have an experience with us and then run out the door and don't have an actual relationship with us. We need each other. Anybody know that that's true? And so small groups are a big part of that. So we're actually going to start our small group trainings next Sunday at 1 o'clock, excuse me, at 12 12 o'clock, excuse me, over at the the Hilton Garden Inn. And So if you're interested in starting a small group, then you want to be a part of that. We'll let you know more about that as we get there as well. Of course, in a few months, we'll be sitting here at Resurrection Day at Easter, and we're excited about that. We know that that's a big day for people who are far from God. That's a day when we really have a great opportunity to invite people, to bring them, and help them to experience God. We're expecting hundreds of people to come to know Jesus on that day, and we're going to make sure we're ready for that. And then we're going to have a serve day in July. Now, July seems a long way off. Uh, I am looking forward to warmer weather, but, um, well, you know, we're, we're a ways away from that. But I'm excited about Serve Day. I wanted to make sure I told you about this because that's a day where we as a church family are going to go into our community and we're going to serve our community. But it's not just us doing it. I believe that we're up to something like 800 churches throughout the country who serve their community on Serve Day. So we're part of a couple of different organizations. We're connected to our mother church, Word of Faith, in Southfield, Michigan. We're also connected to something called Association of Related Churches, and that's an organization that's planted over 800 churches in this country and throughout the world. 
And so together, we end up impacting tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of people throughout this country. And so serve day is a day where we're going to be participating in that. You know, we love, we care, and we give. That's one of our, as part of our code here, one of our values here is that we actually want to impact our community. So that's something that you'll be hearing more about as well. And of course, coming up now as we're entering the first quarter of this year, uh, we're going to start doing water baptism, and we're going to start with uh, Holy Communion on Sunday morning. I believe even the next Sunday, the Sunday after. Actually, we're going to start in February. We're going to start baby dedication as well, and start acting like a real church. Amen. We got us off the ground. We're here. We made it. Hallelujah. We thank God for that. Now we can really start to accomplish our mission. I think God's going to do some great things for us and even more importantly, through us. So let's talk about that. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. We're going to get right into what God has for us today. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of being a part of FX Church, of being blessed here, being used by you here. And we thank you, Father, that you have a message for us today that's tailor-made for this particular moment in our lives. Father, I pray that you help me to deliver your message boldly and accurately, and that you engrave this word, tattoo it on the hearts of those that have come today. I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit just continues to fall in this place. Do miraculous things while we're here today, Father. We expect miracles today, as we always do when we come together for you. And we give you the praise and glory for all that will happen in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, um, you know, I, every year that I've been in ministry, uh, I've been, you know, hearing a New Year's Eve message from uh, my bishop, uh, my father, Bishop Keith Butler. And every year, you know, God will give him a message. And, and it wasn't just him, you know, God would give a message to, you know, Kenneth Copeland and men of God all across the country and women of God. And I'd always think that was kind of cool, but, you know, it never happened to me until like yesterday. And I was like, whoa, I got a, I texted my sister like, God gave me a message for like New Year, like the New Year, I, you know, and it didn't rhyme or anything. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, it didn't come up with something that's like that cool. But there are a few things that God did share with me that applies to, you know, that lets us know what's coming in 2019. And so I wanted to share with you what God put on my heart. And um, I want to. To just simply, if I had to give a title to this message, it's simply that our future is bright. Our future is bright. Turn to him and tell him, our future is bright. Turn to somebody else, tell him, our future is bright. Find one person and tell him, you know Jack. That's right, our future is bright. And so I'm going to go to my favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And uh, I love how the, the message translation does, how it says it. I think it gets right to the point. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Anybody glad God knows what he's doing? Because Lord knows we don't always know what we're doing. But God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. The actual King James Version says it this way, that God is thinking thoughts about you, thoughts about your future. God's got you on his mind. One scripture says he's mindful of you, and he's not just mindful of you. He's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about your future, and he actually has plans to give you the future 
that you hope for. Now, that's good news. That's really good news. We're sitting here, of course, at the end of the year, and usually when you're going into the new year, there is some guarded optimism about the new year. Most people are excited about maybe having a fresh start, are excited about what the new year might bring. But even though people are somewhat excited about the new year, there also can be an undercurrent of uncertainty. Uh, Frankly, some of us can be dealing with a little fear about what the future really holds. And sometimes that's because, you know, we had our hopes up about things in the past. And we, we suffered bone-crushing disappointment. Anybody ever deal with some bone-crushing disappointment? Come on, put your hand up. Tell the truth. I know I have. I mean, I, what I'm talking about is part of what I've been dealing with this week, saying, yeah, yes, yeah, 2019, God's going to do some good things, but what if 2019 is like 2000? Hmm. <laughs> you know, come on. Am I the only one? What if the thing I'm hoping for right now, you know, what if it ends up like this other thing I was hoping for? And I have to say, number one, that, you know, if something hasn't worked out the way you hoped it would, it's not over yet. Don't put a period where God has put a comma. But I also think that it's important for us to recognize what the Word of God just said, that God has really already mapped out your future. He's already mapped out the future of those who love Him, those who are actually choosing to follow Him. And if you're not one of those yet, I hope by the time we get done today, you'll choose to be there. Because the future that God has mapped out for you is a good future. It's a future where he wants to give you the the, the future you hope for, where you enjoy what you've been hoping for. And so today I want to share what God has revealed to me about our future so that we can be encouraged, so that we can believe for it, and then we can do our part. We can work with God so it actually comes to pass. And so let's start in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. I want to establish what I'm doing today so you can see that this is biblical, that this isn't just me just coming up with something, just doing something strange or different. Uh, God does sometimes reveal to his men and women what he has planned for the future. And so Amos 3, 7 reads in this way, Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Surely, notice that. This is an actual fact. This is, you can take this to the bank, they used to say, right? The Lord does nothing, nothing, not one thing, unless he reveals his secret. What secret? The future what he's about to do to his servants, the prophets. And this is actually something you see throughout the Bible. Uh, You see it in Genesis 6 where God tells Noah about the flood that's about to come. You see it in Genesis 18 where God tells Abraham about what's about to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, you can keep going throughout the Bible. In fact, in Daniel chapter 2, we read about Nebuchadnezzar having a dream, and he is so upset about this dream that he's, saying to his advisors, I want you to, to give me the interpretation for this dream. And they're saying, okay, what is a dream? He said, I'm not going to tell you because if I tell you, then you're going to make something up. So nobody could tell him what the dream was. So he said, you know what? I'm going to kill all of y'all. All you wise men, I'm killing all of you. Aren't you glad you didn't work for Nebuchadnezzar? He's upset 
And so, you know, they come to Daniel's house to kill Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know. And, and then Daniel's saying, what's this about? And they tell him, and he says, he goes to the king and says, hey, king, let me just go before God and, and get the interpretation for you. And so we pick up with verse uh, 17, and it says, then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know it's them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as well. His companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So God blessed, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And then verse 17, I believe it reads, or verse 19 that Daniel went on to say, or verse 28, excuse me, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. So God does reveal secrets. He does tell people what's to come, and that's what, what this was. What, what had happened was God had given Nebuchadnezzar a dream about the future. And so then he revealed that information about the future to Daniel, and God still does that today. You know, one of my favorite movies growing up was Back to the Future Part 2. Anybody remember Back to the Future? If you're a little younger, you're probably, you might not have seen Back to the Future, but most people have seen Back to the Future. The first one was great, but I love the second one because I like futuristic type of things. And so they went into the future. And, you know, in the future, you know, uh, Marty McFly, you know, he, he, he's a couple of things that happened. I won't ruin the movie for you if you haven't seen it. But I will tell you this part, that he came across this sports almanac. And he got the idea of when he went back to the past using the information in the sports almanac to bet, you know, because he could see who was going to win the game for the next 30 years. So all he had to do was go back into his regular time, you know, his, his original time frame and bet on what he already knew was going to happen, and he'd be rich. And if you know the story, you know that the bad guy, Biff, ended up doing that very thing. And, and you know, but, you know, he, he kind of had information nobody else had. Because he'd been to the future. And, and God is someone who's been to the future. He says, I see the end from the beginning. He already knows what's going to happen. And from time to time, he will give information about that future to some of his men and women for his purposes. Now, you read that scripture that we read earlier and you say, yeah, but he said he gives it to the prophets. And surely in the Old Testament... We see him mostly giving it to the prophets, but we're in a, a new age now that Jesus has come and, and died and risen again. We're in an age where Jesus himself said God would give the Holy Spirit to his people and the Holy Spirit would show you things to come. We're in an age where the Bible talks about Christians operating in something called the word of wisdom, where the Holy Spirit will, will not only show you things to come about your life, but sometimes show you things that come about other people's lives or even a group of people's lives. I say all that to say that what we're, I'm about to share with you, what I'm doing today, is entirely biblical. God has shown me some things that I believe applies to us here at FX Church and maybe to some others that are listening to this a little bit later. And so there are three words that God really put on my heart to share with you that really talk about, that reveal what's going to happen in 2019. And the first word is acceleration acceleration. I'm excited about this one. Acceleration. What do you mean acceleration? Well, let me, let me, 
Let me read Genesis 26 to you in verse 12. And this is the story of Isaac. We know this story. You know that Isaac was in a time of famine. This was a, a rough time because Isaac apparently was a pretty wealthy guy. His dad, Abraham, was someone that God made rich. I mean, the Bible literally says God made him rich. And when Abraham uh, passed away, he gave everything he had to Isaac. But then a famine came, and it must have been pretty bad because it got so bad that Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, to get some financial support. So if you, have, you need support, you're not rich anymore. And it was so bad that even there, he wasn't getting enough support. So he's thinking about going down to Egypt because apparently they were doing better down in Egypt than they were where he was. And God shows up and says, no, I want you to stay in this land. This is the land I told your father I was going to give to you, and I'll bless you in this land. So he stays in the land. A few things happen. I won't get into what happened. But finally, he gets his act together. And in verse 12, the Bible teaches what God did. It says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. Or as the Bible in basic English says, the blessing of the Lord came on him. We learned just a few weeks ago that the blessing of the Lord make it rich. Right? It make, when you get it on you like a coat, it makes you like a money magnet. It causes what you put your hand to, to prosper. It causes you to have success. So that's what happened. God's blessing came on him, and so then he went out and he sowed seed, get this, in dry land. I mean, common sense says we're in a time of famine. Sowing seed is wasting money. But he chose to believe God. God told me to be here. God said he's going to bless me here, so I'm going to go ahead and be diligent in working this land. And some of us, that's what we need to do right now. We need to not bail out so quickly. Sometimes things don't work out or mo things don't move as fast as you think they should where you are. So you just assume, well, you know, this must not be God. This, this just isn't working. And, and sometimes, yeah, you need to recognize I messed up and I need to move on. But sometimes you, you're exactly where God told you to be. And what you need to do is you need to be diligent where you are. You need to be diligent in that job. You need to be diligent, you know, in, in that home. Just go ahead and, 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 and get it. Get it taken care of. Fix what needs to be fixed. Upgrade what needs to be upgraded instead of just running out the door. I'm talking to somebody here. He stayed in that land. You know what? Let me, let me add to that. Be diligent in your marriage. Oh, boy. Instead of trying to trade him or her in for another model. Well, they just crazy. No, maybe you just need to. Okay, all right. Anyway. So he sowed seed in his land, and, and there's a couple miracles that happen here. The first is he gets harvest from dry land. You know, this, he sowed seed, and there's harvest. Nobody else is getting harvest. He gets harvest. God's blessing has produced. I mean, it's like the blessing was like water, <laughs> and it produced a harvest for him. But not only did it get harvest, he received a hundred times more than he planted, a hundredfold return. This isn't just a regular harvest. This is a spectacular harvest. I mean, he has, his whole financial picture has changed in about six months. The whole has changed so much so that the scripture goes on to say he became a very rich man 
A minute ago, he was trying to get help. His wealth continued to grow, and he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. The very people he came to, to, to help him became jealous of him. In fact, if you were to read the next couple of scriptures, you would find that King Ahimelech told him to leave because you got too much. I'm tired of looking at your rich self. Get out. I mean, all this happened in about six months. In a time of famine, God didn't just give him a little enough to kind of hang in there. And there are times where God did that. But in this case, God accelerated the man's prosperity. God sped things up. God gave this man the kind of harvest that you might get over a couple of years. He took him from a place where I needed help to a place where I'm very rich in a very short time. And sometimes God will do that. Sometimes he will accelerate things. Where if you stay on the track that you're on, you're going to get there. But God has a way of speeding things up because he needs to get things in your hands. He needs to get things done through you that he wants done. You know, I'm not exactly uh, entirely proud of this. But I have to say that when when I take my kids to school or I drive to my kids' school, Two of my youngest kids, they go to one particular school. My daughter goes to a different high school. And so there's this road where, you know, uh, when you come up to the street, come up to the light, it's actually two lanes. But then when you get through the light, it very quickly merges to one. And so, you know, I guess y'all probably know me well enough to know there's a bit of a, I I, I would say daredevil in me, but I don't want to say devil in me. But you know what I'm trying to say. I like fast cars. I like driving fast. And don't look at me like you don't too. It bugs me to sit in line forever. So what I'll see, I'll see five cars in this lane and like nobody in this lane. So I'm like, well, look, y'all, y'all can sit in line. I got at least a V6, 300 horsepower. It may not be the fast thing, but it's faster than y'all. So I slide up to this lane. And, you know, I'm waiting for the light. You know, usually there's a person next to you, they want to be a jerk. Like, oh, you ain't going ahead of me. I'm like, yeah, watch. I got tricks, baby. You know, just before the light, you see the yellow light, and you can see the red. And right before it goes red, just start rolling just a little bit because that gives you a little bit of a jump. That's what he don't know. And then the light turns green. You look both ways. Bam! And, I, man, I always win, I have to say. I mean, if y'all you ever hear that I was in an accident because of that, y'all know what happened. But, no. And I end up going right ahead of these guys. What happened? Well, if I stayed on this track, I would have got there. But I got in this other lane and accelerated. Come on now. I got ahead of the track that I was on. I believe that's what God's going to do this year and so many of our lives. You were already on the right track. You were going to get there. But God needs to get some things into your hands right now. God needs you to have that promotion right now. God needs you to have that impact right now. God needs this church to have the impact it's supposed to have right now. We're not going to just sit in line and get things in the time that we think they're going to come in. God's going to speed it up in Jesus' name. Years ago, my dad used to have his ministry, used to have a, a Learjet. And I remember when we used to fly, you know, he would, do, he would preach on Sunday morning uh, at, at, at his churches in Southfield now. And he'd do like 7 a.m. and then he'd do 8.45 and then he'd do 11:15 in Atlanta, and then he'd fly to Phoenix and preach on, on that night. 
and I remember, you know, I would do that with them from time to time. And, you know, there was a little Learjet, and it was, it was nice to have one. But, you know, we'd get in the air, and there'll be some days where, you know, we get on that Learjet, and it's like, man, we've been up here forever. Like, are we ever going to stop? And what's happened is that the, the, the Learjet is going into headwinds. And so what's happening is it's slowing us down. So a flight that should take four hours takes four and a half. But every once in a while, we get in that Learjet, and it almost be like, man, we're almost there. And what happened was that instead of there being headwinds, there were, the winds were pushing us. You know, we got a tailwind. And so instead of taking four and a half, it took three and a half. Some of us, we've been going into some headwinds for a while. And some things kind of broke up a little bit. You start making some progress. But I'm here to tell you by the Holy Spirit that there's a tailwind coming right now into your life. It's going to be breezy. Glory to God. You're going to flow right into what God has for you. You're going to say, this, this was too easy. Because it's a year of acceleration. You know, years ago, I had a, a, a woman who got prophesied into my life, and she shared some things that I, I believe that God wanted me to, to, to just share with you all because I think it, it really applies to what we're talking about. And she said, time has gone by, but you have not lost the time. God is going to accelerate the time and accelerate process. He's going to restore the time by him accelerating the process, not giving more time. It will happen quickly, a seed quickly growing into a plant versus taking years because the process has been accelerated that technically should take longer. Don't feel like you've lost time because God's going to increase the process of the anointing and relationships. It will be driven by God. It will be like going into light speed, bang, and you'll get the results you're looking for. What God has shown you, you will see it. It will be a reward. Now, is anybody willing to claim that for yourself? Because I believe that's why God wanted me to share that, that God's going to increase. The, he's going to just speed things up. He's just going to speed it up. It's supposed to take five years, but it takes six months. Come on, you're not supposed to get this promotion until you've been at this job for 25 years. You've been there 10 and you get it now. Oh, some of y'all grabbing this, some of y'all not grabbing it. Come on, God's about to increase the, the finances that come into your life, your financial position. He's about to accelerate promotion in your life. He's about to accelerate impact in your life. He's about to accelerate the impact of this church. He's about to accelerate everything in your life that you've been believing him for if you will believe it now. It is a year of acceleration. There's a tailwind coming, baby. I said, there's a tailwind coming. I said, there's a tailwind coming. There's a tailwind coming. It's about to speed things up. And see, part of what's going to make it that happen is, is what you see in Joel chapter 2. This is part of what God's going to do in verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. I just like, like this. I will restore to you the years. What's he talking about? Well, they were an agricultural society. So they would sow seed and every year they'd get harvest. And then that harvest for the year, that was their year salary. But because of their sin, what was happening was that their harvest was being eaten up. 
And they lost years of harvest like that. But God said, man, if you'll just get right with me, if you'll just come back to me, then I'll give you, I'll fill up your, 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 uh, your, your wheat again. I'll fill up your barns again. I'll, I'll cause your wine to overflow. And that's good enough right there. I'm like, hey, God, you can fill my bank accounts and you can give me more than enough. And then on top of that, he said, and, and I'm going to look back at all those years of harvest, all those years of pay that you should have had, that you lost because you messed up. And I'm going to look at that and I'm going to say, give it back to them. Come on, this is a year of God restoring all that so many of us have lost. And that's how we will accelerate to the place God wants us to be in. Some people are going to look at you and say, oh, they're an overnight success. And you're going to know, well, it didn't happen overnight, but God accelerated things. And that's why I'm sitting where I am today. Come on, anybody accept that today? There's a second word that it gave me, and it's very simply this multiplication multiplication in Acts chapter 9 and verse 31 it said that then the churches throughout all Judea Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit they were what they were multiplied this is really a word for our church that at this time, this is right at the end of a time of persecution. God ended the persecution by getting the main persecutor saved. His name was Paul. So finally, you know, the persecution has ended. The churches have rest. They have peace. They're not running for their lives right now. And so God does a few things. You know, that, that he makes sure they're edified. How? By being taught the word of God. That's the main way that Christians are edified. It just simply means to be built up, you know, to... So they're, they're built up spiritually. You know, they're growing up. And as they're walking in the fear of the Lord, their lifestyle is one where they're living right before God. And as God is comforting them because they just came through a rough time and they need comfort. I was talking to a friend of mine this week and he mentioned how God will take you from hurting to healing to helping. And so that's what was happening here. They were hurting. God healed them up and then God used them to multiply the church. And, and I want you to notice that he tells us here that all the churches multiply. And, and the word multiply jumps out at me because he didn't say they doubled. He didn't say they tripled. You know, in, in the Bible, you will see the word thrice, which means tripled. So at least the churches quadrupled. At least and it wasn't just that one church down the street. It wasn't just that other church over there in, in, in Troy. Or, no, no, no. All the churches multiplied in this time. And you kept seeing this throughout the book of Acts. And, and part of what, what God put in my heart is that this is something we need to grab for FX Church. If God would do it for all the churches then, and there are so many churches in this city, this country, and this world that are experiencing it now, why not us? Why not us? I can tell you what, that's part of why God had this church started. This church, this city has churches for days. There are places where you could go down a street and see about 50 churches in five minutes. Am I right? Why do we need another church? You know, when I was praying about, okay, Lord, I know I'm called to be a pastor, and, 
you know, I'm in this season for the first time in my adult life where I'm not pastoring. Where do you want me to go? I mean, I did, I, I, I pulled maps out, looked at maps, you know, got rid of all the cold weather places, looked at, no, I even, I haven't shared this publicly, but I even jumped on a plane, went to a particular city, you know, just because I thought I might have something in my heart. So I got on and took a couple, about three-hour flight, unchurched city, nice area. I'm like, hey, I, I checked out schools and everything, like, okay. And, and, and I knew that I was supposed to do the church here, but, you know, things weren't working out that way. And I thought, well, you know, people have free will and all this other stuff, so maybe there's a plan B. So I, I went over there, jumped on a plane with my own money, got, in on, got to the airport, stepped out of the plane, was just walking to the airport and got in my heart. You're supposed to be in downtown Detroit, knucklehead, you know. <laughs> so I was like, well, I might as well just go to the movies while I'm here. So I went to the movies, saw a great movie. Jumped back on the plane the next day. So, you know, God didn't call me a knucklehead. I added that in there, but that's how I felt. Why is this church here? Because there are so many people in this city who are far from God. There's no lack of people who are far from God, who are hurting. And so this church was not started just to be a Christian club. Look at Luke 15 and verse 1. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? So what was happening was they were getting upset because Jesus had the nerve to be a friend to sinners. You know, he had the nerve to eat with them. And he had the nerve, and sinners were coming to hear him. They were coming to church. Oh, my goodness. So he answered those, those religious leaders, and he said, listen, if, if a shepherd loses, has 99 sheep, and he loses one, he leaves the 99 to get the one. Then he went on. I, didn't, I, 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 I won't read it all to you, but if you were to read verse 7, he went on to talk about that this is how God feels, how there is more joy in heaven over one person turning to God than over the 99 who are already a part of God's family. Does that mean God loves them more than the 99? No, it's just that the 99, or at least they're already going to heaven. The one is going to hell. That's God's child. That's somebody Jesus came and died for. His blood was shed. He hung on that cross all so that they would not have to go to hell. But still, somebody had to go get them. And so if somebody gets them and brings them into God's family, there is a party in heaven. Every time somebody makes a decision, there's a party in heaven. Hey, somebody else is coming home. FX Church will always be about leaving the 99 to get the one. Always. And that means that some religious people are going to have a problem with us. You might hear me say that now. You might have a problem with us. I love you. I don't care. You're already going to heaven. Thank God. There are so many hurting people out there right now. 
who need what we have. There is a void in their heart that many of us don't even, we don't even remember what it was like to have that. We've been saved so long. We've had this peace here so long. We've forgotten what it was like to have life without God. And God has had us start this church to join in with all the other churches that are actually going out and helping those people to find Jesus. And as we do that this year, we're going to see multiplication. Because when we start reaching people, they're going to reach people, and they're going to reach people, and they're going to reach people. And part of what's going to happen is is, is that people are going to experience God. At FX Church, we will always be about helping people experience God. We don't want them to come to see us. We want them to come to meet him. And when they meet him, we're going to help them to know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and and make a mark. But I believe that God's going to multiply what we're doing as a church family this year. And I'm I'm just telling you, and you might say, well, I'm going to wait and see. Well, why don't you wait and see? But I know what God's having us do. I know why we're here. And I know that that means that we're going to be running out of space. Oh, y'all, some of y'all, is anybody with me in this place? Anybody going to believe with me? We're going to be running out of space real soon saying, you know, where are we going to put people? Because and, and, that's why we're here. You know, one of the things that will help us with this is, is, is paying attention to the world around us. One of the things that we did just a couple weeks ago, we gave everybody in the church an envelope. Our team started calling it the FX ripple effect. So, <laughs> so we said, hey, it's, it's the Christmas season. We're giving you an envelope with $10 in it, a little invitation card that says, you know, God, God loves you. You matter to God. And, and we want you just to find somebody and give it to somebody. And so we started getting stories in pretty quickly about people doing just that. One person ended up creating 15 envelopes. And we're just running around blessing people. We were hearing stories about this. And, and, and one of them I'll share later that was really dear to my heart. But, you know, one of the things that's great about that is that it forced you to pay attention to the people around you that needed some help. Right? Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, lift up your eyes and look on the field. It's right. People are ready. They're ready for God to bless them. They're ready for God to come into their life. And part of the issue that we've had is we've been so caught up in our issues Sometimes we get too caught up in political things, sports things, other things that we, we, we're not even paying attention to the people right across the street that need what I have. I may only know three scriptures, but one of them could save their life. So part of what we, we, we're learning to do and we're going to continue to learn to do is to lift up our eyes to see where need is and then step in and, and share our story. Be a blessing. Bring people to a faith experience so that God can do what he wants to do in their lives. This will be a year of multiplication. And then number three, demonstration. Demonstration. Jesus said this. He said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Any believers in here? So he's talking about you. They will cast out demons in my name. 
They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. These signs, why signs? Why miracles? You know, what does the sign do? Point you in the right direction, right? He's talking about miracles that would happen in and through the lives of his followers. Because when these things happen, they will point people to Jesus. In fact, Paul understood this. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And that's what he did in his ministry. He didn't just preach, he demonstrated. For example, he was in in uh, Lystra in Acts chapter 14 and he's just preaching and there's a man there who's crippled. He's been crippled his whole life and the Bible says he heard Paul preach. He got faith to be healed. Paul recognized it by the Holy Spirit. Stand up on your feet. The man jumped up and was healed. The place went nuts. People said, hey, they must be gods. They must be gods. And they, they start running trying to worship them and they, no, no, no. Paul said that this is, no, 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 no. We want to tell you about the one who did this, Jesus. Happened with Peter and John. They were walking in the temple. There was a man there in Acts chapter 3, and he had been crippled uh, since he was born, you know, and he just begging, you know, and, and Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He grabs the man by the hands, lifts the man up. The man is healed. He runs into the temple. He's walking and leaping and praising God. Everybody knows this guy because he's always begging by the temple. People come running. What is this? And Peter preaches Jesus to him. The Bible later on says that the very people that crucified Jesus, that sentenced him, said a notable miracle has occurred. God's into notable miracles. He's into doing things in such a way that people know God was here. And when you hear that, we often think, okay, so you're telling me when I come to church, I'm going to see some more miracles. Yeah, that's part of it. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. You, you, you don't just come to church, right? You go home, you see family, you go to the grocery store, you, you go to work, you, you probably go all, all kinds of places. And, and God is saying that these type of miracles should actually be happening where you go. It's like what happened with Peter. Peter had so much of God's power on him that people figured out, if I can just get my sick loved one close enough to Peter so that his shadow comes on them, they'll get healed. Signs followed Peter. He walked past and people were healed. And the signs that, that, that followed him are the signs that God has said and Jesus has said will follow us. He said, the very miracles I do shall you do also. It's time we embrace that as believers and not just evangelists. Not just, you know, whoever your favorite healer is. No, this is the move of God that God has been prophesying about for decades, really thousands of years. We are in that time where it's not just what's happening on stages. It's not just what's happening in convention centers. 
It's going to be what's happening in the street and in a laundromat and in a grocery store. And, and see, I, I, Lord, Lord's had me preaching that for years, and I remember when I used to preach that, people would just look at you funny. But now I know that's day, that day we ain't just talking about what God's going to do. This is what God is doing right now. There are already notable miracles happening right now through believers in this country, and it, there is a swell of it happening. It's time you jump in. Well, how do I jump in? We talked about it before. It is as simple as, as stepping out and starting a conversation, finding out what people need, being willing to pray with them, being willing to check in your heart and just see, is God telling me to say something or do something a little different than maybe what I have planned? And if you'll just start and then flow, God's going to demonstrate what you've been talking about. God won't just, you won't just be telling people about Jesus. He will show you, he will show them that what you're saying about him is true. So just like we were so willing to hand out envelopes, it's time that we're so willing to step out and and hand out healing. Hand out, you know, wisdom. Hand out Jesus. And one of the things that I really jumped out of me as I was meditating on this was that some of these miracles were not just what we did for others, but they're things that God did for us. Divine protection. He's talking about, you know, if you look at the actual original, talking about taking up serpents, that's not talking about being like a snake, snake handler. That's talking about like being bitten, and yet the snake doesn't hurt you. That's what happened to Paul. He's just helping, you know, to, to build a fire, and the snake bites him. And the barbarians are with him. They're looking at him saying, well, this guy's about to die. They're watching. And he just shakes it off, and they say he's a god. Everybody ends up getting saved. That's the kind of thing that gets people's attention when there's uh, protection. He talks about health here. You're drinking a deadly thing. It doesn't even harm you. He's talking about speaking in other tongues, speaking in a a supernatural language. Some of the things that's going to get people's attention is what God does for you and not just what, what, you know, God does through you. Some of the things are going to be people are going to look at your, your financial life and go, how did you get here so fast? Things accelerated. Well, God did it. How'd your marriage end up like that? You guys know you're going to get a divorce. Well, God did it. Man, you should have died today in that, when an accident happened. But God protected me. And when God does these things, when he demonstrates himself, you can't just sit there and praise God. You got to talk to people. You got to use that. Take advantage of what God has done to help them to see the truth about Jesus. This is a year where we'll see miracles unlike we've seen before. And I'm not just talking here. I'm saying, well, God has put it in my heart. That's not even in my notes. That's what God is sharing. We're going to see some miracles unlike what we've seen before. Notable miracles, not just in a pulpit, not just in a service or an experience, but we'll see it in our city. We'll see it in our lives. People who don't have any type of name or title will be going forth and doing the miracles of Jesus, and it's going to help bring people to God. I remember hearing a story. Kenneth Hagin told a story about this guy. And, and as, I, as I wind up, he talked about this guy. Apparently, he wasn't a minister. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't any of that. He just started praying for people. And so, you know, somebody got sick and he, he prayed for him. He, you know, got a hold of what the Bible said. And he believed that when he prayed, God would heal him. And they got healed. And it got to the place where anybody who got sick, they would just find him. And he'd get them healed. And so, uh, and, and he ended up having, getting so popular, he had to quit his job because all he did with all of his time was go and pray for people to get healed. And, 
And he, and then not only did he end up doing this, but then his wife was a part of this. And so when he finally went on to be, be with the, you know, went on to heaven, you know, there's this woman who was in a church service one day and, you know, they're having testimony service and they're having prayer requests. And she stands up and she says, hey, can you all pray for me? My husband and I, we've been trying to have a baby for, you know, like 10 years. And they just told me that I can't have a baby. And so, of course, they prayed for her. And then this man's wife, she was at the time elderly, she went over to her and talked to her. And she started telling her all the stories of people who had been healed through them just praying for people. And she's telling her, you're going to have a baby and you're going to have this baby naturally. So, you know, a couple, little, little time passed, the woman shows up pregnant. She goes to the doctor says, I'm pregnant. He says, that's impossible. I did all the tests. You can't be pregnant. But she said, I'm pregnant. Go ahead and run your test again. And sure enough, she was pregnant. He said, this is a miracle. How did this happen? And um, so, you know, they get closer to time, and he's saying, we're going to have to do a C-section. And he said, no. And she's saying, he, the doctor said, you got to do a C-section. She's saying, no. Uh, this lady said, I'm going to have it naturally. And he said, oh, she said it. He knew her name. She said it. Oh, she said it. It's going to happen. <laughs> because his mama had been healed through her husband. Sure enough, that lady had a baby naturally. See, God's been doing this, and that, that God's been doing this for a long time. It's just time. It's a time where he wants to do more of it, and he wants to do it through you. I want to just end this today. I, 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 look at Joshua 24, and then, well, glory. Let me, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I want to share, you, share with you a couple stories, and then we'll, we'll go to Joshua. Just some, some stories of what's happened at FX Church just in the last couple of months. I'll start with this one. One of the ladies in our church, she stopped me, uh, I guess a couple months ago now. And it was right after we had been talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. She said that she and a couple of individuals, they were in a car accident. They pulled the car to the side of the road. They got out to look at the car. And she said she just sensed in her heart that the Holy Spirit was nudging her, telling her to get back in the car. And so, you know, normally you have a car accident, you don't go get back in the car, right? You sit outside, you wait for the cops, you call, you, you call people. You, but she just sensed in here, God was telling her to get back in the car. So they got back in the car, and another car came right in, wham, hit the car. And then they told her, if you all had still been standing out there, you would have died. She said, the Holy Ghost saved her life. She said, that was a faith experience, the word she gave me. That was a faith experience, Pastor. So yes, it was. Yes. Uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, we had a time in the service where we just, been, you know, we were praising God. And I said, by the Holy Spirit, you know, God's healing some people right now. And so somebody sent me, sent me this that week. They said, I came to church this morning with a sinus headache and could hardly breathe. During praise and worship, you said people were getting healed. After praise and worship, I still had the pressure and headache. But during your message, I was totally healed of all pain and pressure, thank God. Come on, that's a faith experience. We're about to make us a statement. Now, that's a faith experience, right? Somebody else sent them. They said this. I said, I was, uh, I don't know how much of this I'm going to read because it's a little long. Well, they said that they were a visitor of, of, of another church for a few years, but they didn't feel the unction to join, and they weren't a consistent tither. But when they heard about the announcement, uh, they felt a strong pull in their spirit. They were supposed to be at FX Church, and so they obeyed God and had been a part of FX from the first meeting and began to tithe and give offerings on a consistent basis to their new church. They went on to say, I can say that the teaching of Pastor Andre 
and being a part of the team at FX has been a blessing to me. I had become discouraged on my job and wanted an increase I felt I deserved. I prayed and began to listen to the messages again on SoundCloud, and appropriately, six weeks ago, about six weeks ago, I got a raise and two years retro pay. I'll take that. I immediately went online and paid my tithes. I received the raise with gratitude, but was still like, God, I would like to make this amount of money. Two weeks later, I received another raise, taking me to exactly what I asked for. Look at God. That's what they say. Look at God. Somebody else. I'm writing you. This I got last week, and when she handed this to me, she said, tell the whole church. She said it again. Share it with the church. She said three times. Share it with the church. I'm like, okay, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. I'm sharing it now. I'm writing to tell you about a testimony I have with FX Church. This was right before the Insufficient Funds series. I was having issues with my job. So many things were happening, and I didn't get the position I applied for. My hours were cut, which means my pay dropped significantly. There were two positions available, and I didn't get either one. Instead, I had to be the assistant to the person that got the position I was believing for. I mean, oh, that stinks. I must admit, I was a little bitter at first. But I prayed, adjusted my attitude, and served her diligently. The person that got the other position, I couldn't even understand how she got it. However, I congratulated her when I saw her, and I got over that too. At the end of service, Minister Gary prayed a prayer about promotions at jobs and finances that were going to increase that week. I mean, oh, that's prophetic. That's what we're doing right now. My daughter and I both looked at each other. Within that week, the boss that I had been assisting told me that I was going to be promoted to principal, which is the same job that she has, just at another location. She told me to act surprised when the company owner told me, and I did just that. She, my boss, had highly recommended me according to my company owner, and I had no idea. They removed the lady from the other position, the one that I couldn't understand who got the job, and they gave that position to me, and my pay doubled plus bonuses. Woo! I learned that when I surrendered to God, and when things don't make sense, I have to trust him. And oh yeah, around the time I, I received my first paycheck is when you started the Insufficient Fund series. That was right on time because I am a super spender, LOL. <laughs> then there's one more that, that was mentioned to me. Just mentioned to me, got passed to me. It's probably my favorite one. And they said, um, they said, Pastor, I had my kid with me last week. I brought him to church. We spent the whole day together. We did all kinds of great things. And my kid had fun. And at the end of the day, I asked him, what was your faith? What do you remember most about this day? And he said, I remember us taking that envelope and giving it to the homeless person. And this man's looking at me, and you could tell, you know, he was moved. He's saying, I just thank you that you even did that. Because that's ingrained in the heart of his kid. See, these are things God's done. We're not just talking about what he's going to do. He's already done. In fact, after I read that, just to, I read some of that to our ex team this morning. I got another one sent to me while I was waiting for the service to show, to start. We, we started praise and worship, and they sent me something else. Somebody ended up being blessed, like, wow, just this morning. God is moving. I'm going to say it again. God is moving. God is moving. God is moving. And some of us, we've experienced that, but it's about to accelerate. And as a church, we're about to multiply. And we're going to be a part of God demonstrating the fact that Jesus is Lord.
So I want to challenge you today to make the same decision that Joshua made. Joshua said it in this way in Joshua chapter 24 when he said, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As so every, this year, I want you to end this year making a quality decision to serve God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your ability. And I want to challenge you to call those things which be not as though they were. Those things that don't exist yet, believe God enough to just speak like it's already done. Speak about your acceleration. Speak about our multiplication. Speak about demonstration. Speak about promotions and, and growth and impact. Call those things that God has said to you as though they were and watch what God's going to do in your life. Our future is bright. Come on, let's just lift your hands. If you believe that, lift your hands right now. Thank God for it. Thank you, Father, for the word that you've spoken to us today. Thank you that our future is bright. We believe that. We expect acceleration and multiplication and demonstration this year. We commit our hearts to you. We are serving you more and better than we ever have in 2019. And we call every dream that you've spoken to us, that you've placed in our heart, we call it done. Done in our marriages, done in our relationships, our money, our health, our ministries, our businesses, our communities. Our future is bright. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Experience podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.